1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, that was another interesting game. I, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but we're going to try our best to on the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host Marcus Mosier, Bleacher Report. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier, and as always, I'm joined by Landon McCool. He's going to try to help me uh, stay calm and relaxed in this uh, podcast. You can follow him on on Twitter at McCoolBTB. Coming up on today's show, Landon and I review the Cowboys' loss to the Eagles and try to answer some of those tough questions surrounding the team. And Landon, I'll start this one off the same way we started last week's podcast off: What happened to the Cowboys on Sunday night?
0: I mean, it's it's the same thing. It's you know they they still are having a hard time finding a way to uh, move the ball and, and and consistently do anything on offense without you know their two very best players on offense, and without Sean Lee on the defense, the defense certainly isn't good enough to for sixty minutes you know stop and and or slow down uh, a top rank top ranked offense. Um, and so, you know, back to back you play, you know, two really good offenses and, uh, it, and it's, it, it's similar results If you know, eventually the dam breaks and, and they, you know, and like I said, like we said last week, complementary football can, you know, reverse the stream if, if things don't go well and, and you're not able to, uh, to possess the ball, um, the way that the, the team is constructed. So, um... It you know I think at first they were able to hold on and and they were able to force some good fortune and and and, and do some things but the offense you know could not do anything with the ball other than you know uh, Alfred Morris running the ball and and then eventually you know just the dam break and once the damn break the the you know the, the the water came in and we were flooded and it was it was it was ugly.
1: Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about this first half because the first half actually wasn't too bad. The defense did a pretty good job at slowing uh, the Eagles' attack. down. I think it was it nine to seven at halftime. Was that the correct score? Yeah. Or, I, no, or no, that's my it, nine, it nine seven. Yeah. nine
0: seven.
1: So it was nine to seven, and you felt like the Cowboys played a pretty terrible first half. They had I think two red zone drives that they kind of just stalled right out on. Uh, Dak missed Des on. Uh, it, sh- it should have been a back shoulder throw. Uh, that ended up being a fade. They just didn't look very good on offense. So at halftime, I actually felt pretty decent that the Cowboys were going to be able to make a game of this. But in the second half, the Eagles just—they, I mean—they just floored the Cowboys. They scored thirty straight points, and that's my question to you: Is what is happening at halftime? Because this is two weeks in a row that we've seen the Cowboys get absolutely demolished after halftime.
0: I, I mean, I think it's—it's it's nothing more than than. The you know eventually you've 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 run out of of uh, you, you exhaust yourself trying to keep up with the team that's that's clearly hitting on all cylinders and when you're not, and I think that you know despite some Herculean efforts in the first half by the defense to hold a really good Eagles offense to seven points, um you know it, in the second half they couldn't stop they couldn't stop him once the the eagles figured it out just you know it, the, the funny thing is that everyone talked about like great adjustments that the eagles did they just ran the ball again I mean, they they could run the ball early in the game, and then those great adjustments that they made in the second quarter was just to, to not run the ball anymore, and they their offense struggled. And then in the third, the second half, they're like, "Hey, let's stop not running the ball," <laughs> and then they went back to running the ball, and and the, guess what? It they got their, both sides of their offense working again, and their offense went back to clicking and and running. I mean, I, I think that really, to me, like ultimately at the end of the day what what happened in the second half is probably closer to what we all expected going in i and i think that that's the thing is that we it's amazing how all like, we do this every t- every time too it's amazing how we go into a game that we're expected to lose forget that we were expected to lose the game but right like right before kickoff and then get shocked when we lose the game in the way that we all predicted that we would lose the game before before beforehand
1: Right, but and I and I understand that because I was the one that was predicting that it was going to be a blowout. But at the same time, I it's just awfully hard for me to fathom that this team loses by thirty points at home. And there's a lot of talent still in this Cowboys roster. They lost by twenty-eight. And you can't. <laughs> okay, thank you, Landon. Yeah. Twenty-eight. You're always the optimist here. So they they lost by twenty-eight points at home. They, their franchise quarterback is playing in this game. They still have two all-pro offensive linemen. They have Dez and Witten and Beasley. So To me, it's just mind-boggling that in the second halves of these games, they can't find a way to put any points up on the board. I, I actually understand their defense. I know that their defense is hidden behind their offense a little bit, and I know they're missing a lot of talent, especially when Hitchens went out of the game. But to me, it's the offense that I'm concerned about because sure. this is the second week in a row that they haven't been able to put any points up on the board. So what in the world is happening to them after halftime?
0: Well, I mean, again, it's it's not after halftime. Like, it, it was all game long. Like, so I don't know, like this wasn't like this this wasn't this and it wasn't even all game long. It was the game before too, Marcus. Like this, this hasn't worked since, you know, Tyron Smith and Ezekiel Elliott left. And that, you know, for good reason, because those were two huge parts of the offense. And so what happened the first game, they were gone. Dak gets hit six, uh, gets sacked six times, gets hit probably 10 times. And uh, he comes out. Of, he comes out in this game with the same left go- left tackle. They've changed the protection, so he's got better. Uh, he got better, you know, protection early on in the game. But but he was still so you know razzled from the last game that he was throwing. He was throwing high. He was trying to you know get rid of the ball when ne- he didn't necessarily have to. He just he wasn't comfortable in the pocket. I mean, he just clearly wasn't. Um, and and you know, like I think that. Ultimately, the only thing that ended up working for them was, was the running game with Alfred Morris. Uh, but I mean, that was only eventually. And I think, you know, none of it was really working great at any point. And I, 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 this like, it wasn't like a, I think everyone wants to point to halftime because they didn't score any points after halftime. But all they did was kick three field goals in the first half, and I'm pretty sure the two of them mm. all came off turnovers. So you know, I I've, well one
1: came off the long the long a kickoff, kickoff return. Over, that's what it was. A yeah, for... long
0: kickoff return, and the other one came off a turnover. So I mean, I, I think that I think that they didn't you know they, they struggled to score points all night long, and and again. This was this is the best defense in, in this is probably the best defense in the NFL or if, if not I mean I guess maybe the second to the Jaguars, but I mean you know this is or my Steelers. this is a really really good defense and this is an offense that has been severely clipped like I mean there's just no way around it when when the when the heartbeat of your team is running the ball and you've lost your best run player and your best run blocker like that's debilitating and and I think that what we saw was more you know collateral. Uh, damage it, and I, I want to go back to one more thing. Like, it's it's Witten is such a like a dagger that cuts both ways. We we spent all some all week all season, you know, saying maybe Witten's not the guy uh, that the we we think he is, but now like. But now he gets held against Dak as a guy that, well, he's got Witten out there. he's you know And, and Terrence Williams is the same thing. It's like <laughs> Terrence Williams one minute is the dog and then the next minute it's like, well, he's got Witten and Williams and, and Dez out there. And it's like, no, he really just kind of has Dez because Beasley's not really getting open anymore the way he used to. Des is, you know, being covered at, like, you know, they're cloaking everyone. They're not calling. And, and to be fair, with the refs, they didn't call it either way for most of the game last night. Like, it was – they were basically right. letting them play all night. And, and you know, in that way, Des needed to fight through some more things to catch the ball. And Dak needed to, you know, stand in the pocket a couple more times. They both should share some blame there. And ultimately, you know, they they couldn't get back on track in a way that, that uh, Carson and them could because, you know, they basically were – a lot healthier, and 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 you know, I, I think ultimately when, when with situations like that, when you lose talent, uh, it becomes about scheme versus personnel. And when you ha- are are a personnel based team and you've lost your personnel, you're not gonna you're not gonna look as good as the scheme based team. And that's you know that that if you want to have the argument of scheme versus personnel constructed teams, we we could certainly have that conversation.
1: But at this point, like... I'm saving that one for the offseason. Yeah, that's, that's an offseason <laughs> we're conversation. We're going to have a lot of time to talk about that.
0: Yeah, that's, well, that's that's certainly an offseason conversation because there's really not much you can do about
1: it right now. Sure. Uh, still coming up in today's show, we are going to talk about Dak Prescott and whether or not he is regressing. And we are going to talk about if there's any reason for optimism for the Cowboys sitting at 5-5. Five and five. But before we do that... Let me tell you guys about my bookie. My bookie has been in the business for years and the rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses. So off the bat you're making money for doing absolutely nothing and they have the fastest payouts. Seriously, just two business days. Uh, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me, and that's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to MyBookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit with an up to 100% bonus. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Uh, On Saturday night, I tweeted out my locks. Pittsburgh and New England, both of those cashed. So make sure you guys are getting ready to listen to those locked on picks. I don't know. We need to come up with a name for those. But...
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, let's go ahead and talk about Dak. I think it's time to have a serious conversation whether or not he is regressing Uh, As a quarterback, in his last four games, he has just two passing touchdowns, three interceptions, albeit one uh, came right off the chest of Terrence Williams. Uh, He hasn't gone over 200 yards passing in three of the last four games. He's struggling, and I know Tyron Smith's a huge part of it. I know having Ezekiel Elliott, or not having Ezekiel Elliott on the field, is a big part. Um, They've also played some pretty decent defenses, especially with the Eagles and the Falcons' defense at home. Are you concerned about Dak? Is this going to be a problem for the rest of the season? Is this something that you expect to continue on, or do you expect him to kind of recover after this little four-game slump?
0: I mean, I don't like. I don't really believe that he forgot how to play quarterback the last two weeks. I mean, I think that all the the things that you listed, you know, in qualifications for what was going on, I think are pretty good explanations of what was going on. You know, I mean, I think you, you put the, all the pressure on him to be the focus of the complete focus of the offense. And then you took away his left tackle. And then now he's playing, uh, uh, you know, a Eagles defense that was, you know, is, is who they are. I mean, I think we all know who who the Eagles defense were, was, um, and, and, you know, and completely healthy too, for the first time in a long time. So, um, I, I just think that, you know, like, I, I, I don't know, like, regress, like, I, I, I doubt that. I just think that he, you know, I think all the circumstance that you said, suggested, you know, is, is real, like you, for the reason you suggested it. I mean, it's, 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 it played a hand into how he, how he performed it. And ultimately, you know, like the problem, I think, you know, last night is that, they didn't really. They, even though they were able to run the ball, like they didn't really marry the running game to the passing game at all, and so, you know, like it 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 basically rendered the running game kind of toothless, because if he was if he wasn't gonna break the big the big run for the, the gain, then they weren't backing off um, because of the run game. Uh, so it, it just basically they were able to defend both you know maybe maybe not the maybe not the run the way that they're used to defending it but they were able to basically stop the offense whether they were trying to run or throw, uh, throw the ball
1: my problem is he was missing throws yesterday that he has never missed before and I'm I don't know if this is a a pressure issue where you know he's been hit, been hit too many times in the last couple of games that it's starting to affect him because he had two different not even bubble screen just wide receiver screens to Dez where the ball almost hit the turf before it got to Dez and anybody who knows how that play is run you've got to get that ball in his chest so he doesn't have to worry about running or you know, catching it and then run. It's kind of one solid motion. He had one play to Cole Beasley where Beasley ran a fantastic route on the sideline, got wide open, and Dak just sailed the ball five feet above his head. He had another out route which the ball just bounced to des It's those throws that he has made throughout his career that he's starting to miss. And none of them became because of pressure. None of them are because of great coverage. It's just, I don't know what's going on. He's just missing simple throws that I don't think that we're used to seeing him make or miss. And then he's got other throws such as the throw to, uh, Des Bryant that was intercepted where I have no idea why he threw that pass. He wasn't under pressure. The The Eagles only rushed four and he had a pretty good pocket. I, I don't know if he's trying to force things too much because he is the, kind of the focal point of this offense. But I, I'm concerned about Prescott because if he can't, if they can't figure out a way to even be average on offense without Zeke and without Tyron, I, I'm now concerned that he's a a product of their offense rather than the the driver. If that makes sense. Uh,
0: okay, I mean, I I, I mean, there's no, there, I, mean, <laughs> I, I mean, you've you've expanded this whole like you know like out based on like two games and there's we've we've seen a lot of stuff to the other to the contrary and it's I mean if you want to expand it out to that I, I can understand that but I don't see it of course that way. I do I don't No, I don't know I, I don't see I, it I, that to way. to me it's just I mean, I, 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 I th- I, listen I think I, don't know. I think every time they lose a game we have exactly these conversations over and over and over again. We're gonna talk about Jason Garrett as a head coach here in a second. We're gonna talk about Dak regressing <laughs> here in a second. We're probably, you know, I mean, we talk about, we talk about. But should we have
1: those conversations? I, I mean, I think,
0: I, 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 think they're fair questions. I mean, yeah, absolutely. But the problem is, is that like they've been made after wins sometimes, so the the arguments kind of ring <laughs> hollow now, and so it's like it's almost like a a, a cry wolf situ- situation because every single time. Anything less than average happens to this team, you know. Like, there's there's all kinds of uh, people that have like whatever their set agenda is. They're gonna take out the knives and start stabbing the 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 you know the people the, have vo- agendas. Yeah, sometimes I don't know. I don't know if you heard that, um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, they start they start stabbing the, the voodoo doll that that they have you know handy. You know, whoever it is, usually it's Garrett or sometimes Dak. You know, I mean, it, it just. It is what it is. I mean, I I look. I think. I think that again, the Eagles are a really good team. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody, no Cowboys fan wants to hear that. But the Eagles are probably the best team in the NFL. Like, I mean, talent wise, Uh, you know. I think the Patriots will make. They are loaded. The Patriots will make their. They don't don't have a weakness. But they don't have a weakness. And the Cowboys uh, are schematically compromised right now. Like that's the thing. Like everyone wants to talk about like. Well, the Eagles have this and this and that. And the Eagles, have, you know, the Eagles haven't lost the 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 key pieces that make their offense and defense defense run. Like that's what happened. has what has happened to the uh, the Cowboys. Like uh, despite what you want to say, like you can compare, you know, if you want. And that's this is the thing: is people that you know talk radio folks are going to be out there comparing. Well, the 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 the, the, uh, the Eagles lost this and the Eagles lost that. I mean, I would I, would you argue that Sean Lee is more valuable to the Cowboys than J, than Hicks is to the to the Eagles? Of course, yeah, of course. And, and I would argue that that Jason Peters is not as valuable as Tyron Smith is to the Cowboys just because of the way that the Cowboys run their offense, you know. And I th- and theirs
1: is based on a lot of misdirection that can fool teams th- at times.
0: That's right. And I think that there's there's a lot more opportunity in their in their schemes. Now, again, if you want to have a conversation about whether that's a good idea to have a scheme, you know. To have a more personnel-based, star-based scheme than, like, a more... You know, versatile scheme, you know, based complicated base offense. Then we can have that conversation. But I mean, again, let's just make sure that everyone's converse, like conversations are consistent because that what that means is is less of the line up on third down and and run the ball and beat them up offense. It means more of misdirection, doing weird passes, you know, the kind of stuff that people hate whenever the the Cowboys do that <laughs> stuff until they want Garrett to be more uh, creative at the same time. So. You know, look, people again, people have their voodoo dolls. They're going to poke with the needles every single time the Cowboys lose, and sometimes when they win. And, um, and, and I, I do, th- does Garrett's job need to be on the line? Maybe. I, I, th- I think, but I think you, you, if you're going to do that, you got to look at the coordinators first, and you got to understand if you're making a change there, if you're ready to like just dive into that situation and not l- maybe look at the circumstance that was involved there. And, and it, it, maybe that doesn't even matter to you. But like you, but if you don't care about that, then you got to be willing to accept what it means to change head coaches, what it means to change offensive coordinators, what it means to change a defensive coordinator. Because what it does is that it sets you back. And, that, and you know, the Cowboys have a little bit more time because of who you know, Dak Prescott. You know, they have a young quarterback. But I mean, that that is what that means. And so, uh, if if you hate that we're you know not close to the playoff race right now.
1: You know, I do hate that. Then
0: changing coaches, changing coordinators, probably doesn't get you immediately closer to that. Doesn't necessarily. I mean, that there are obviously exceptions to the rule, but um, yeah, right. There's also, you know, the standard is if if you're trying to rebuild a team correctly, the rebuild can usually can take some time. Sometimes.
1: We're not going to talk too much about Jason Garrett and his future, but I will say. And I, I don't have any sources to back this up or anything, but I do think this game on Thanksgiving is extremely important to his future on the Cowboys. If they have another game where they come out flat like they have on Thanksgiving over the last seven games, and you know if it's another 20-point loss at home, I think then we need to have some serious conversations about whether Garrett's going to be the, the head coach for the foreseeable future. We've got one more question left, but before we do that, let's pause so that I can remind you guys to please take a moment of your time to leave a five-star review for the show. Leave a review and your Twitter handle, and you'll be eligible to win a free Pro Football Focus Ed subscription. You will have access to NFL player grades, snap counts, and positional ranks, fantasy projections, rankings, tools, and charts, NFL draft coverage with PFF profiles and stats, PFF fantasy, DFS, and NFL draft articles, and not la- Last but not least, team and player pages featuring PFF signature stats. Again, all you guys have to do is leave a review and your Twitter handle, and you'll be eligible to win a free Pro Football Focus ad subscription.
0: This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime Day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
1: Okay. Our last question, Landon. The Cowboys are five and five. Thanksgiving game against the Chargers coming up here in a couple days. Is this team done or do you think there's still reasons to be optimistic that they could make a late season run and sneak their way into the playoffs?
0: I mean there's 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 certainly there's certainly uh chances of course because just because we just you know the NFL I mean look th- look at what has happened this season. I mean look at the, the the amount of insane things that has happened this NFL season is is Insane in itself, and and so the idea that the Cowboys are you know completely out of it and like that would be the most ridiculous thing ever is that the Cowboys are five and five and then you know don't and then suddenly make the playoffs doesn't seem completely out, out of the realm of possibility. So, um, uh, I just think that I just think that the, of course there's opportunity, but I, I'm also you know I mean I'm clear-eyed to know that it's really tough. I mean the NFC is just. Uh, there's a lot of people with wins right now, and and the wild card situation doesn't look great if if that's the only route that the Cowboys are going to go at this point. I mean, it, it's clear now that they can't catch Philadelphia if they can't win no. that game. So if if the if the wild card is their only opportunity, they need to start stacking wins, um, and uh, you know they need to hope that some people start losing you know that you, you need to start as a cowboy fan what you start doing is you start hoping that some of these other division winners start pulling away and uh, start start right. like g- getting a whole bunch of wins cuz you don't really care about those guys you're not really jockeying for their uh,
1: position like the Detroit game on Thanksgiving yeah, like the you're, Minnesota you're for has Minnesota to beat Detroit
0: because you want yeah. you want Minnesota to beat Detroit cuz Detroit is direct competition to the wild card it gets obviously you know it's been a little bit but as you may or may not remember, the wild card situation gets really, really, really complicated and and it gets really complicated early. So at this point, that that's the cowboys path. So uh, I would say if you're a cowboys fan and 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 you're keeping hope alive at this point, you're studying the the wild card scenarios and <laughs> honestly if you're doing that then you're probably not keeping hope alive too much longer because it, it does not look great on to be straightforward but i i think there is opportunity because you know disaster can and will strike uh to some to maybe two or three of these teams maybe that opens up a path maybe the cowboys get hot and get on a winning streak who knows
1: yeah so here's the good news bad news thing so Uh, The good news is I don't think their schedule the rest of the way is all that difficult, to be honest. I I think the Charger game really might be their biggest game they have in the next several weeks. They have the Chargers at home, the Redskins at home, who will probably be out of the, the race by then. I think they have six losses already, and they lost Chris Thompson, and that game's in Dallas. Then they play the Giants in New York. I don't think the Giants are anything to worry about. Uh, then I believe they go play Oakland on Christmas Eve. Uh, Oakland is is a train wreck right now. I, I I don't see any way Oakland is even competitive at that point. And then you play Seattle at home, likely or without Richard Sherman, likely without Cam Chancellor. Uh, Seattle's a much different team uh, away from home. So I I mean I, I that's not as tough as you might have thought at the beginning of the season. And you get Zeke. And then they fit. And and you get Zeke, which is a great point. And in the final game of the season, it's at Philadelphia, a very tough opponent, but there's a really good chance they won't be playing Mm -hmm. for anything. The only thing they could be playing for is if the Cowboys are still alive and to play a hunt, they might want to knock the Cowboys out just because. So the schedule is not as difficult as I thought it was early in the season. The problem is, man, this is a bad time to be without Sean Lee and Ezekiel Elliott and and Tyron Smith and Tyron might play on Thanksgiving. We don't know yet, but these uh, this <laughs> this is the streak that the Cowboys could have went on a run if they are hundred percent healthy, and they still could. We we might see them catch fire here. It, it just it's unfortunate that they've got such a soft schedule coming up. We think, and they are not playing their best football at all. So <sighs> we'll see. I'm trying to remain optimistic because you guys know that's how I like to operate. <laughs> um, yeah, if you if you saw my Twitter feed in the last couple of days, it's 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 not been pretty. But I digress. All right, that's it for today's show. This edition of the Locked On Cowboys podcast was brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Get into all the action with MyBookie, where they'll match your deposit with an up to one hundred percent bonus. Just use the promo code Locked On to activate that offer. We will be back tomorrow to preview the Cowboys game against the Chargers. We're still figuring out what we're going to do the rest of the week for the schedule, but we will be back here tomorrow previewing that Charger game. So make sure you guys tune in, and we'll see you right back here next time.
2: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.